0: Life is like a marathon or one long endurance race. You're going to have your ups and your downs, times when you feel unstoppable, and other times when you feel like giving up. In this episode of the Doer's Journey podcast, you're going to hear the story of Dave Moore. Dave is an endurance athlete and firefighter who once weighed over 300 pounds, smoked a pack of cigarettes every day, and was literally digging his own grave until he turned things around. You're going to hear the event that helped him lose 100 pounds and quit smoking. Plus, you'll hear the lessons that he's learned along the way as he's run these crazy distances and how you can apply them to your own personal journey. Welcome to the Doer's Journey podcast, the podcast that will motivate and inspire you to not only be a hearer, but to start being a doer. Because you know deep in your heart that there's so much more in you. The purpose of each episode is to provide you with actionable steps that you can take to assist you in your journey towards your goals. We will have topics that are relevant to you, and you'll hear from experts and influencers that will provide you with information you can take action on. I'm your host, Carlos Frank. Now let's be doers and dive into this episode. Dave, welcome to the Doer's Journey podcast. How y'all doing? Doing great, Dave. Thank you for joining us. So, Dave, I, I want to jump right into this because you're an endurance athlete, and we'll kind of talk about what that is. But take us back to the 300-pound, 300 300-plus-pound 300 right. smoking a right. pack of cigarettes a day, Dave Moore. What was your mentality like? You know, what kind of
1: led to that point in your life? So I joined the fire department in 1986. And I was a very thin, about 175-ish. But over the course of years, you know, you gain three or four or five pounds a year. And, you know, 25, 26 years into it, you've gained 130 pounds. And now you get on the scale one day at the doctor's office and you're 305 or 306. Um, I started smoking when I was 14 years old. Smoked my first cigarette when I was 14 years old. It got to the point when one day I woke up and, man, I was like, wow. You know high blood pressure, high cholesterol, smoking pack plus a day. I would some days I'd go to McDonald's for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. you know whatever was fast and easy for me. Um, there was nothing fast or easy about the way I ran or walked in those days. I was in bad shape, and I was a fireman. At some point in time, you have to uh, you have to take a step back and and look at your life. and luckily, I had that opportunity that was given to me to You know, just to say, hey, you know, there's something that's got to be done about this. But it was a slow process. It's just like one day you woke up and here you were sitting at the picnic table at the fire department smoking a pack of cigarettes at 305, whatever, 310. Um, Just couldn't get your breath type situation and something had to be given, something had to be done about it.
0: So is that the point, Dave? Was that the the straw that broke the camel's back for you? You were sitting one day at that picnic? <laughs> well, table. you know,
1: my best friend um, was my boss. We came into the fire department at the same time. He worked his way all the way up to being the chief of the fire department, and I was one of the assistant chiefs of the fire department. He was 10 years older than me and overweight, smoked just as much as I did. Sometimes we'd smoke and sit and talk until 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning. Um, February 8, 2012, he had a quadruple bypass, massive heart attack. You know, it took me a couple more months to really kind of figure out what was going on. But one day I just said, you know, hey, he's 10 years older than me. In 10 years, is that where I want to be? And June 18th, I went to the doctors, and um, the doctor was like, you know, you're pre-diabetic. You know, your cholesterol's off the chart. You know, we need to do this. We need to do that. We need to do this. And I said, when you just give me a couple months to to see if I could start turning things around. And uh, <laughs> I put a treadmill in the middle of our living room floor. And uh, my wife's laughing at me right now because she remembers it. she didn't like it, but I was like, I got to do something. So that's where I got started on was just walking on a treadmill, um, Continued to smoke. That was a hard one to give up, but um, continued to smoke and uh, just started walking. And then I started running and, you know, I 1500 calories a day period. I mean, I was a stickler for that. And it just worked. The weight started coming off. I started feeling a little bit better, but I still smoked, started running. One day I ran all the way to the fire department and I was like, wow, that's four miles, you know, exciting. And, uh, but that's how, that's what happened. My, my boss had a heart attack, quadruple bypass, you know, weren't sure if he was going to make it or not. Those are serious. Um, you know, and the doctor did tell me You know, look, you're headed same way. You are going to die young if you don't change your ways right now and, you know, wake me up. You know, I'll tell you right off the top so we don't have to talk about it later. Somebody knew, we all know who that somebody is, is God, knew at that point in my life that in the year twenty. 18, I was no longer going to be an assistant chief and I was actually going to have to get back on a fire truck and actually do fire department work. And there's no way that I could do that at 300 pounds, smoking two packs of cigarettes a day. So, yeah, even back then, somebody knew, God knew that this is where you needed to be in 10 years or whatever. So, but that was, that was it. You know, the boss giving me, you know, he looked at me, you know, you got to quit smoking. You got to quit smoking. I said, man, you know how hard it is to quit smoking. Uh, that was 2012, Memorial Day 2013. I was actually in a bar with some fire mines. We we did a drink. I smoked the cigarette. I tore my cigarettes up. I threw them in the trash can. I never smoked another cigarette again. That was Memorial Day 2013. My running took off after that because now I could actually breathe while I ran. And, that helps. And uh, it just took off, you know, 5Ks, 10Ks, half marathons, and then it just snowballed at some point in time and and uh, led to the craziness that I do now, so.
0: That's awesome. So now what, what was it that attracted you? So you started, you started on the treadmill, walking on the treadmill to your, to your wife's chagrin. <laughs> then you started building those miles up. Then you, you ran to the, the firehouse, which was four miles. When did the, hey, maybe I should run a little further than four miles. Let's try these miles, 20 miles, 100 miles. When did that kick in?
1: Okay, so, you know, I was perfectly happy running 5Ks. I would run it with my fire gear on sometimes. And then it got to be where I would run all of them with my fire gear on. And I was really happy with that. And then, lo and behold, this little group called F3 came into my life. And I was like, these people are doing some crazy things. Um, I'm going to go try some crazy things. I'm going to go run a half marathon and see how that works out for me. I'd never run that distance before in my life. And I ended up running it in like an eight-minute pace. I was like, this is crazy. This is unbelievable what my body can do now.
0: And Dave, for those that don't know,
1: how how far is a half marathon? Um, 13.1 miles.
0: 13.1 miles. So that's the furthest you ran up to this point.
1: Up at that point. And I said, you know what? Let me just see where we can go with this. So my very next race after that half marathon was about three months later. It was a 60K which is an ultra marathon distance. And it's, that's 37.2 miles. Um, I felt miserably at that race. Uh, I was hurting all over, didn't understand what was going on. Um, I ended up DNFing, which is did not finish that race. I got in my car. I was all dejected. And on the way home, my body started feeling better. And I was like, well, that's kind of odd. Cause I thought I was hurting myself. And then I said, well, maybe you're supposed to hurt when you run that far. Uh, I didn't have anybody teaching me any of this stuff. It was just a learn-as-you-go thing. I went and did that same race again, and I actually finished it this time. And I said, okay, well, I finished the 60K. I wonder if I can run 50 miles. I ran 50 miles. I said, okay, I wonder if I can run 100K, which is 62.2 miles or something like that. Um, I went out and ran 100K. And I was like, okay, well, I wonder if I could run a hundred miles. hundred miles is that level of running that you really understand what hurt and mental capacity is. When you get to that level, I mean, I, I'm not going to discount anybody that runs a 5K or a 10K because that's where they're starting at. And everybody's got their crazy. You've probably heard me say that before. Everybody's got that person in their lives that says, you're going out to run three miles. You're crazy. You're going out to run 10 miles, you're crazy. Everybody's got that person in their life, all right? I got those people in my life. You're going out to run 100 miles, are you going to do that all in one day? You're crazy. When you get to the 100-mile level, I have only successfully run 100 miles twice, maybe out of eight tries. It really mentally challenges me. And I have to keep reminding myself that I've only been doing ultramarathons for like four years. You know, I'm not like that person that started running them 20 years ago or 30 years ago. And have that foundation of running underneath them so when you get to that level it really takes a toll on the body um mentally mentally you have to just be tough as nails before i even actually finished a hundred mile race i signed up to do a 500k race and uh and i know that uh that doesn't compute to a lot of people uh it's i mean if you put that in miles perspective that's 314 miles
0: so Going back to the, the 60K, you said you failed at that race and that's something, you know, the person that's listening to this and a lot of the podcast interviews that I've already done, I've interviewed some top experts, high influencers, go-getters that have done extraordinary things. And one of the things they always talk about is failure. Uh, failing fast, learning how to fail, failing forward, so you run that sixty k race or you attempt that sixty k race. What else did you learn about yourself that helped you going forward as you ran you know the longer distances
1: well i I've alluded to some of that it's really a mental thing your your body's going to give up your brain you've You've got to be mentally prepared, and I and I, it's not it's not really a joke, but I tell a lot of people this is the way I train for a race. I sign up, I show up, and I run. I'm not out to win anything first place at all. I'm not even out to get in the top ten, top twenty. I'm really just out to finish what I set myself out to do. Whether I come in last place or I come in middle of the road as long as I get there under the cutoffs, and every every marathon or ultra marathon has a cutoff. Yeah. 50 K is, is like 10 hours. You got 10 hours to finish that race. Some of them are nine hours, a hundred miler. Usually you're looking at 30 hours. And if you do the math, to finish hundred miles in 30 hours, you have to run a 16 ish minute per mile for 30 hours to finish that. Um, so, you know, when you, you, you fail at something, I've, I've failed more times at running hundred miles than I've finished hundred miles. I just did one this past weekend. I made it 38 miles, 35 miles. The conditions were horrible. Um, sometimes it's just, hey, is it worth you try? Is it worth you trying to finish this race and getting hurt where you can't go do your job on Monday? Um, is a, is a lot of times what happens. But um, mentally, that's what you have to learn. Um, especially two o'clock in the morning, you're you're just not moving very well. You know, you're tired and but you have to continue to just move forward keep moving forward keep moving forward and eventually it's not going to hurt as bad as it did eventually it's not going to get worse eventually it's going to get better and eventually you're actually going to see the finish line when you see the finish line all of that pain all that suffering goes away instantly so that's that's the that's the end goal really and like i said if you went back and look at my my ultra sign up um, I think I'm up to finishing like 58% of my races now. Um, I'm not, I don't finish them all. And they're from various reasons. And, you know, I learn a little bit about each one. Some of it might be nutrition. Some of it might be hydration. Um, every time I go to a race or I don't finish a race, I learn something a little bit newer that I can do differently. And maybe next time, you know, things will be better, but yeah, it's, it's the mental thing. It's that mentally, can I get it done attitude really?
0: I love that, Dave, Uh, where you're learning from each time. And that's something, as you know, and many people know, I have children that are athletes. Uh, One of them runs track. And one thing we always say is you either win or you learn. Uh, It's not about winning or losing. It's okay, Yeah, if you win, that's great. But if you didn't win, you can also learn something from this to help make you better. So, Dave, you said something that's really important. You know, you've failed more Hundred mile attempts than you've actually uh, accomplished. What pushed you past? Especially like the first time you fail and the second time. What pushed you past and kept you um, going towards you know, attempting those hundred milers? Well, my
1: actually the first time I accomplished a hundred mile race was last year, 2019, in January. And mentally, I think it was I need to finish this race. So mentally, I know I can go and run the 500 K race was going to be that same year in July. In my mind, I said, you haven't even finished running hundred miles. What makes you think you can run 314 miles and finish it? So mentally I was like, you know, you got to go finish this one. In January, I went to the race and I met a young lady named Heather Hart. She's a ultra marathon um, instructor, a, a coach and she had a plan. She's also struggled with some of the same mental aspects of running hundred mile that I had. And she kind of talked to me about it, and I said, "Well, you know what? If you don't mind, can I just hang with you?" And she had a, a, a plan, and one of those things was high, you know was eating. We we made sure we ate every hour. Um, your body's just like a car; if it runs out of fuel, it's not going to start back up immediately, you know. Um, and everything just all everything came together for that race. I'll always remember that race. She ended up finishing about. Thirty minutes ahead of me because she was just stronger at the end. But we finished the race. We started the race together. We pretty much finished it together, and that kind of gave me the attitude: was I know I can run 100 miles now. Uh, the second 100 miler that I've ever finished, I actually failed that the first time I ran it, and that's the Charleston 100. And that's a local race. It's a brutal race. It's all concrete. It's out and backs. It's over all the bridges that we have in Charleston. Um, the first year I did that, uh, 2018, I made it like 67 or 70 miles. And I was like, you know, I'm done. Come get me. This is not, no. And I went back the very next year. I'll, I will not ever miss this race. I'll either finish it or I won't, but I won't miss the race. I'll always be in this race. And it was a struggle. I mean, it took 31 hours. Luckily, this race director gives you 36 hours to finish this race, um, which is really nice because it it was – Those, the last four miles were just brutal, just like 30 minute miles. And let me tell you, when you're walking at a 30 minute pace, 30 minutes per mile, that's what we call zombie walking. You just, you're not getting anywhere in your mind. It's just, you can see where you got to go, but you're not going anywhere. Um, but yeah, the, the hundred milers are not the, and I don't like to use the word easy. All right. But I did 500 K I did a 314 mile. It was a point to point race. Okay. All you had to do is keep moving forward. I'm not going to discount or, you know, lower how hard that race really was versus running hundred miles in 30 hours. And it, it just, like I said, I don't like to use the word easy, but it just, in my mind, it was a little bit mentally acceptable to go, okay, if I just keep taking a step, I'm moving closer to the finish line.
0: One thing that you said—I mean, you've said several things that are so good. You just said, "Keep moving forward," and I Absolutely. love that. And for the person listening to this, you know, write that down. You might want to put that on your your bathroom uh, mirror or in your car. But just just keep moving forward. I love that, Dave. So let's talk about the the 500K. And for, right. for people that aren't in the kilometers or whatever, that's 300. 14 miles. And, and before you get into that, Dave, can you paint the picture of what a, an endurance race atmosphere looks like? Because many people have maybe run a half marathon, or especially here, the bridge run, there's 10,000, 30,000 people right. all around can you. Paint the picture of what one of these endurance races look like.
1: All right. So when you show up locally here in Charleston, we have a great race director. His name's Chad Hoffa. He is actually a Mount Pleasant, I mean, yeah, Mount Pleasant firefighter, all right? He owns Eagle Endurance Ultra Running. He does several races during the year. Um, great race director. So anybody out there that wants to jump right into some ultra running, he's got all the distance. He even has non ultra distances, 16 milers, almost nine milers, um, stuff like that. So, but when you show up to an ultra run, you're not going to see 10,000, 20,000 people you might see a hundred or a couple hundred people, okay? And I'm going to tell you right now, every one of those people wants to see you accomplish your goal. They are going to help you any way they can. If you're out on the trail, they're not going to just pass you up without saying, are you doing okay? Is there anything I could do for you? Are you struggling? Um, I've got this in my pack. You know, the, the ultra running community just wants to see you accomplish your goals they all know how hard it is um it's kind of festive and then it's kind of like oh my gosh i gotta go do this type deal but um more so i just think that at the ultra running events that i go to it's all upbeat you can do this um, we're here to help you the race director's there to help you um yes he's got you know he has put together the hardest race that you can do here locally Um, and but he wants you to succeed at it and he knows that if you finish that race you have finished something really really good Um, no more so so you have the ultra running community and that you know 100 milers and then when you get above 100 miles you're really getting into your multi-day races and that leads us into the last annual ball state 500 race it's called the last annual because the race director, who is Lazarus Lake, and if anybody wants to Google the Barkley Marathons, and this is the guy. This is the legendary Barkley Marathon race director. You all, He always heard, this is the first annual. This is the first annual of this. This is the first annual of this. So he decided he'd go the other way and say, this is the last annual Ball State 500. It's been going on for 15 years. So the, the, the name of the race is the last annual Ball State 500. The way this race works is, is you drive to the finish line. The finish line is in Castle Rock, Georgia. The day, the day before the race, he puts you on a bus and buses you to the start line, which is in Hickman, Tennessee, or Hickman, Kentucky. The next morning, the bus takes you to a ferry. The ferry takes you across the Mississippi River where you get off the ferry and you are in Arkansas. You only go in Arkansas about 100 yards. Laz gives you some race directions. He lights a cigarette. That's the way he starts his races. And you run back to the ferry and you get on the ferry and you go back to Hickman, Kentucky. You get off the ferry and you start running. You know where your car is. You know how to get there. You just got to get there. 314 miles you have 10 days to finish the race that means you have to do a 50k 31 miles every day for 10 days to stay ahead of the imaginary line that's chasing you because that line doesn't that line moves at a steady pace it does 31 miles a day you fall behind that line somebody comes and picks you up takes you back to your car your race is over so you carry whatever you're going to carry on your pack Everything else you have to figure out, is there a gas station open? The Dollar General stores were our best friends. They had everything that you needed. Um, was there a McDonald's open? Um, where can you get food? Where can you get water? That's that's all. And then keep going forward. And we finished the race. Um, I got to the rock, which is what it's called, this Castle Rock. Um, There's actually a 500-foot cliff on the other side of the rock, so somebody walks you out to the rock so you don't fall off because you just ran 314 miles. And uh, finished seven days, 22 hours. I'm very respectable for my first multi-day. Right in the middle of the pack. I don't know how many people did not finish, but several of them don't finish every year. It's just nature of the beast. Blisters were just horrendous on my feet. Learned to deal with that. Um, And just mentally overcame as the obstacle came. We just had to overcome that obstacle and move forward you know we got caught by a tropical depression tropical storm at some point that came out of the gulf of mexico it caught us in a place called war trace just rained and rained and rained and rained on us but you can't stop you got to keep going i don't know that i could have taken another step on my feet when i got to the finish line and yet i was like what am i going to do now i've just been walking for seven almost eight days And what am I going to do now? So it was almost like I can't go no farther, but I'm sad it's over. I know my wife's (laughs) in the kitchen listening to me and I said, I just don't think that I would ever do something like that again. And um, I did not sign up for Ball State again. So
0: Dave, you crossed the finish line. You've crossed a lot of finish lines during your endurance races and your, your shorter races. And that's exhilarating no doubt take us through a time where you were maybe at one of your lowest points during a race maybe during the ball state oh yeah it's what was going through your mind what how did
1: you overcome it there was there's so many so many instances you know when you started off you know the first day first two days again I, i hate to use the word easy but they weren't they weren't that trying you know i was like okay we can I can manage this. We actually did 52 miles the first day. It wasn't, you know, it was like, okay. But keep in mind, we're we're working, when I say days, we're working on 24 hours, okay. But come that third and fourth day, when it really sets in, when you finally get to the 100-mile mark, and it's 2 o'clock in the morning, and you've accidentally let your brain start thinking about the fact that you have 214 more miles to go. That completely destroyed me at one point in time. And I completely had a meltdown. I started yelling at some of the people that were around me. I just was like, you know, I I, I did. I completely melted down at that point. And finally, about 20 minutes into it, I was like, look, snap out of this. All right. This you've already done a hundred miles. Let's go do another hundred miles. All right. That's all we got to think about. And uh There there were several occasions like that where you just got down to, you know, what am I even doing out here? I'm I'm fooling myself. There's no way I can finish this. You're always a phone call away from a lady that could come and pick you up. But remember I said the race directors always want you to, to accomplish your goals. If you called and said, hey, I want to quit, the lady on the other end would say, okay, I'll be there tomorrow to pick you up. All right? Well, tomorrow's 12 hours from now. What they're hoping is, is that after you sat there and cried enough and complained enough that you're gonna start figuring out, oh, you know, I've eaten, I've gotten something to drink. I don't feel too bad. I'm, You know, as long as I'm waiting on her to come get me, let me just keep walking forward a little bit. That way we can kind of meet quicker. And after a while, and what they're hoping, she's not but three hours away from you, okay? What they're hoping is is that you're going to call her back and say, "Hey, you know, I changed my mind. I'm feeling better. I'm going to keep on moving." And uh, yeah, I, I I mean, when it's it's kind of hard to explain the the, the depths that you're going to go you're going to go through. And I and I really think that everybody's different and um, how they what they do when they get there. Um, sometimes I've quit. You know, sometimes it's just the mental part of it's gotten so bad that I'm just like, you know, I'm done. I'm going home. I don't want to be here no more. It's not fun. And uh, sometimes I'm like, you know, you know, you know, you can do this. And that's when you kind of go back to your experience and your past results. And what did I do when I got here? Uh, What worked? You know, what did I eat? What did I drink? What did I do um, to get over that? And eventually the sun's going to come up which is the most exhilarating thing when you're, when you're doing these multi-day things to see that sun come up. And that's actually my favorite it's time to run. And I just, you know, it's kind of like, you know, watching the world wake up, you know, the, the birds start singing, the, the sun just cracks over. You just barely see the sunlight coming up and it's just everything, just what you just went through for the last seven or eight hours overnight, just kind of melt away. The new day comes, new problems come. And you've gotten over those problems. What's going to, what can happen now? Can it get any worse? And like I said, eventually it's not going to get any worse. Eventually it's going to start getting better. And uh, yeah, it was just, uh, it was an amazing, amazing adventure and the ups and downs, the roller coasters. I I know I said I would never do it again. And as soon as I got home, I was like, you know, I think I could do that under seven days. (laughs)
0: I love it. And you've shared so many things, Dave. And and of course, we're talking with you. You're an endurance athlete, but you have so many life lessons that you just said with keep moving forward, what you say to yourself. And, And one thing as we're wrapping up here, Dave, or actually two more things. Talk to us about the importance of milestones as you're, as you're running the hundred K's, the 300 K's or anything where, cause you said earlier that you thought about how much you had left to go versus looking at how far you've already gone and just maybe that next mile or, the, or that next step. Talk about
1: absolutely. how milestones have helped you. Oh, absolutely. So when you're, when you're running, um, yes, you know, again, I don't diminish anybody's attempt at any kind of race whatsoever. I can remember when I was running 5Ks, 3.1 miles, you know, it was broken down to, okay, here's the first mile. Here's the second mile. Here's the third mile. It's no different than that, than running 100 miles or running 314 miles. Uh, my my experience with the 314 miles, this, you know, that one time I let that creep into my mind that I got 214 more miles to go. This is crazy you have to your, your brain just my brain can't comprehend all that you cannot let the fact that you got to run 314 miles even enter into your brain it's only got to be it's six miles to this gas station that's six miles is 10k we can do that your brain can comprehend that when i ran the 100k it was an accident i even got into that race I ran it because one of my good friends, Billy, you know him as Repo in the F3 world, was running it, and his pacer didn't go with it. It wasn't going to do it, or his friend wasn't going to do it. And I said, well, I'll sign up and run it with you. And I told him, I said, look, we're going to break this down. We're going to run 10 10Ks. That's the way we're going to do it. We can, run, we can run a 10K all day long. I said, that's the way we're going to do it. So that's why we broke it down. Don't think about running 62 miles. Think about running 0.2 miles. Let's set our watch and run 6.2 miles. Hey, we did that. We're 10% down. Let's go do it again. We're 20% down. Um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of important to get those milestones. And, you, and when you're running the multi-day races, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for, okay, where's that church at that they said was up around the corner that we can go sit down on. Oh, it's six miles away or it's 12 miles away. Um, and, 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 and enjoy and embrace the fact that you just ran hundred miles. We're at hundred miles. We, this body that you didn't think could do anything just ran a hundred miles. Don't ever think, Oh, I got to do that two more times. Cause then your brain's going to shut down on you. Um, say, okay, let's go, let's go, let's get to the next point. Let's get to the next city. Um, our goal today is to make it from this city to that city. And it's 22 miles. That's, that's a, a change. That's not even a marathon. Um, when you get in these races though, for me, it's like, if I can move three and a half miles an hour, I'm doing good. And that's the way I look at everything Okay, So if I got to go six miles, that's two hours, a little less than two hours. So, um, yeah, it's very important to have these little minor goals during a long endurance race so that you don't always thinking about the end goal. I didn't think that I even thought about the finish line until I got to the 300 mile mark. When you get to the 300 mile mark, then that's when I said, okay, I'm going for the finish line right now. There's nothing that's going to stop me. It's 14 miles. I got to climb this mountain. It's three miles. It's like an 8% grade or whatever it was. It felt like 12%. Um, but I'm going for the finish line. It's there, it's attainable, and I'm going for it. Up until that point, other than that one time where I had my meltdown, I never thought about the finish line until I got to the 300 mile mark. And then when there, then there was nothing that could stop any of us. It was, we're going, that's the end of it. And uh, let's go finish it.
0: I, lo- I love that. And for you that's listening, you know, you might not be in an endurance athlete. You might not be, uh, you know, might not run five k. So how does this apply to you? Look at your goals right now and, and break it down, break it down to milestones. If, if you're looking to write a book, Hey, the first milestone might be writing the first sentence or writing one page per day of your 300 page book. So in less than one year, if you're writing one page per day, you're going to write your page or that book, that 300 page book in 300 days. So breaking down your goals is so important and getting to those milestones. And I love what Dave said, too, or what you said, Dave, when you talked about, you know, celebrating whether, of course, when you're running, you got to you can't go and buy yourself anything. But in your mind, you're like, yes, you know, I got to mile 30, mile 40. Uh, one of my friends, when we were doing actual like a mud run obstacle course, saw that I was struggling. And he looked at me and he was like, Carlos, let's get to that next tree. And I'd look at that tree. i be like, yeah, I can do that. We got to right. that tree. Carlos. All right, let's get to this next tree. So that's this is something you can apply to your life is creating these milestones, create the long term goals and then create milestones along the way to help keep you encouraged and keep you going. So. Thanks for expanding on that, Dave. So now as we're wrapping up here, Dave, this is the question that I ask all of my guests and, and you've been fantastic, Dave. Thank you for, for sharing your wisdom and your story. Talk to us about what you believe your doer's superpower is. So that's what's the trait, the skill or the value that you've maybe had all of your life or only really realize that you had as you uh, turned into now I call Super Dave. Um, So what is that doer superpower that you have that you really think that's helped you with your life?
1: Well, I kind of took it another way when I was reading your explanation about it and kind of got it in my mind that what I'd like to do. And I kind of have a knack for it is trying to get somebody else to do something that they didn't think they could possibly do. And you probably know it. You've probably heard it in the F3 circle. Don't look Dave more in the eyes because they'll get you to do some crazy things. And uh, and I like to think that I have inspired and gotten some people to go way outside of their comfort zone and do some you know some amazing things that they didn't think they could possibly do. Um, I never in a million years thought that I could run 314 miles, never. And when I say run, we don't run that whole thing okay it's it's a lot of walking involved even even the ultra even the ultra experts walk when you get to that distance but I didn't think I could do it so I hear people say well I you know if there's somebody running if I'm running there better be someone chasing me Um, no no you just need to go out and do it I tell you what this is what I'm gonna do this weekend you want to come try it with me and I've gotten I've gotten some few people you know Let's go run, you know, the P200 is a race from Columbia to to Charleston, okay? They do a P70 that's from, like, Monk's Corner to Charleston, 70 miles, all right? Let's me and you go run that together. But it takes six people. No, let's see if us two can run it together. I don't know if I've ever run – I think you can do it, 100%. I think you can do it. So I like to think that I can get people to do some – step out of your comfort zone when it comes to running – um when it comes to doing anything endurance I've tried the triathlons didn't like it didn't like to swim didn't like the bike I love to run um and and I'm not like I said I'm not the first place person I'm not the top 10 person I'm middle of the pack to the back of the pack to sometimes not even finishing the race but man the joy of seeing you know hey we finished this we know you did that you did that. I didn't have nothing to do with it. I was the little instigator that pushed the little buttons, but you went out and you did, you finished that 30 mile run. And let me tell you something, when you can run 31 miles, you can run 50 miles. And when you can run 50 miles, you can run hundred miles. And when you can run a hundred miles, the sky's the limit. There's no telling what you can do over a 10 day period of time. If you just keep moving forward. And I like to think that maybe I've gotten a couple of the guys that I know at F3 world, uh, to do things that they didn't think they could possibly do when it comes to running. Cause I didn't think I could do them. And if I can do them, you definitely can do them.
0: I love that. Dave. Thank you for that. And I can, I can attest to your motivation because we've worked out together. And even in the short 45 minutes where either you're chasing me or I'm chasing you around and just saying, hey, let's, let's do this. And I think that's a fantastic doer superpower. And like I said, one that I can attest to and many of the men in F3 Nation can attest to. So, Dave, I want to thank you for being on this podcast, all the wisdom that you've shared. And I also want to thank you, Dave, for being a first responder, uh, being a firefighter, um, doing those things that, you know, while my family and I are sleeping, it's great to know that there's men out, you out there, you know, protecting
1: us. So thank you for all that you do, Dave. Right. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 34 years been doing that. So still love to go to work every day. Sometimes I go to work for two days. Just Go throwing ahead. it out there. My next my next event's coming up in about two weeks, and uh, it's the same race director, same race format, just a slightly longer distance of 335 miles. Um, still calls it a 500K. It's more like 540, but it's called Heart of the South. So we're going to be running from West Memphis, Arkansas, down to uh, Castle Rock, Georgia. So. And how long is that, Dave? 335 miles, oh. 10 days.
0: All right, Dave, we'll be cheering you on. And are you going to be doing like a, a Facebook live and updates?
1: I will be doing that, but it's going to be in a private little private setting. Okay. Um, uh, F3 guys, family, uh, church friends, people like that, just a private setting. Probably no more than 100 people will be tracking me along the way. It just keeps it a little bit, you know, tighter in so we don't have the whole the whole world knowing about it, but, but yeah, but there'll be, there'll be invites going out in the next few days. I just been kind of tweaking the, the little page a little bit, making sure that it's secure the way we want it. And uh, so, awesome. yeah, and I'll do, I'll do a Facebook live like seven o'clock in the morning and seven o'clock at night, tell you where I'm at and how I'm feeling. And what I want everybody to tell you is that if I'm not smiling, call EMS. <laughs> Cause no matter how bad I'm hurting, if I'm running, I'm smiling.
0: I love it. And I think that's a great place for us to end, Dave. Again, thank you for being on here. We're going to be cheering you on for that race and every other race that you continue uh, to do on, on your doer's journey. So doer's journey family, thank you for listening to this podcast and listening to Dave's story. Go back, listen to it again and please take actionable notes. There's something that Dave said that you can take action on, whether it's keep moving forward, the milestones, or what you say to yourself at your lowest point so you can keep on moving forward. Take action on that today, all right? So go out there, make it a great day, and remember, go out there and be a doer. Thank you for listening to the Doer's Journey podcast. If you'd like to connect on social media, you can go to Instagram or Facebook and search the Doer's Journey podcast and we'll connect there. And also subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating. By leaving us a rating, you let us know how we can help you on your Doer's Journey and you also help other people find this podcast. Now go out there, make it a great day. And remember, don't just be a hearer, go out there and be a doer.